This episode is being brought to you by Speedweed. Speedweed is America's most trusted name in medical marijuana delivery. For more information, go to www.speedweed.com. Enjoy! Dude, what's up, yo? Did you know that North Korea and uh, the United States are not gonna meet now? Oh, are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Holy shit. It's probably better. No... I mean, you know. No, I think he's just like so offended by what Kim Jong-un called Mike Pence that he's like, well, he called him a political dummy. And he could have just made a joke out of it. He could have been like, yeah, he's my ventriloquist dummy. Well, I don't think Trump has a good writer's mind. I know. He needs one of us. Oh, absolutely. His tweets are horrible. Like, don't you think like these people... Like, not just politicians, but a lot of people can benefit from hiring comedians to do their writing for them. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they have uh, a sense of humor. Yeah. So they just, like, Trump doesn't have a sense of humor. I know. He didn't even attend that roast. Yeah. That White House Correspondents' Dinner. He's the only, even Reagan sent in something when he got shot. Like, hey, I can't be there because I have a bullet in my body. Oh, really? But he sent in a video, like, you know. Oh, he sent in a video back then? Yeah, back in, like, 80. Wow. Back when, like, it cost a lot of money to shoot a video. Now you could just set up your freaking phone Yeah, get while a, he's in his boxers and do it. Yeah, get a GoPro. And At just, least, like, have a sense of humor in your video. Well, yeah, that's his problem, is he takes himself too seriously. It's yeah. Like, Come on, look at yourself, dude. Yeah. Some... Yeah. Some comedians take themselves too seriously. I think we know most of them. <laughs> it's like, get over it. Oh. Yeah. Like, people who get angry. Like, one time I got angry. I was driving from Somerville in Boston to, like, Quincy or something. And it was my first time there. And I was driving, like, three other comedians. And I just didn't want to be late. But we were late because we got lost or something happened. Right. And I just got really, really mad. And, like, I haven't, like, gotten mad around, like, too many, you know, comedians or, like, just publicly mad. I just got really mad. And I remember Shane Moss was in the in the car, and he was just, like, weirded out. You know how some people, do, like, can't handle anger or... Well, I can't imagine you ever being mad. Like, you're always smiling and you laugh. You know, I can't imagine you ever having, like... Uh, well i grew up really mad because that was the kind of family like i just had a mad family right so i do have the capability of getting mad and that was just like my culture was just we just get mad all the time right about nothing i mean that's uh that's weird you think that's weird well i mean you know i i rarely get mad but when i do it's usually for a good reason yeah you know someone either wrongs me in some way and i get i hold grudges but when you get mad you don't get like angry physically um i want to but i'm afraid to get sued yeah uh you know because i you know i'm not that strong i'm not that great of a fighter oh really but uh, you know when i get mad i have a it's like a hidden emotion that once that button switches to anger mm-hmm. I, I would not want to be the other person yeah you know, I could probably kill someone. Oh my god! You know. Well, so. you're a big guy. I'm a, I'm a, yeah. I mean, I have no reflexes. I'm a horrible fighter. But like, if someone, you know, uh, if I felt threatened, mm-hmm. I think I could handle myself. You'd be able to defend yourself. 
Plus yeah. the adrenaline would kick in. Right. Like, you know, you hear these stories. I've never seen a video, but you hear these stories of like, Somebody, if their baby's trapped underneath a car, right. they can lift up the car. You yeah. think that's true? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you. we all have a retard strength. You know, I hate to use Speak that word Speak for retard. yourself. Well, but like if I was, uh, it's not the best example, but if I was trying to, uh, I don't know, get on top of you, mm-hmm. you know, technically I'm a lot stronger than you are, but you would find the strength to like either knee me in the balls or you know yeah i could overpower you if right. i really wanted like if you felt that scared oh my god earl's trying to whatever you would find it within yourself to find that hidden strength yeah so that's Probably. not going to happen by the way the opposite is actually going to happen oh see there you go i mean I they call it. me esther the molester you didn't know this i mean it's not molesting if you don't want it oh all right <laughs> This is going to be the shortest podcast ever. <laughs> Guys, we got to get down to some business. Skako. That's my name. What's up? You have two Ks in your last name. I have one. Do you think you're better than me? Yes. I know a racist cousin of mine who has three Ks. Well, you don't need to say racist. If they're related to you, it's right. obvious. Right. Well, yeah. Come on. Let's be, no, I'm not, I'm, I was has- raised by a black dude, so... Oh, no wonder. I'm the furthest thing from a racist. Even though that's right, my initial character on Roast Battle was playing the house racist. People probably, there are probably dumb people who don't know you're playing a character. Well, it's funny. One, I have a uh, Dodge Magnum, which is a, it's a muscle car, and uh, I put some aftermarket parts on it, so I can't go to a Dodge dealer to get it fixed or looked at. So I had to go in the hood one day to get the car, uh, like the smog check or something. And this huge black guy comes up to me in the waiting room. And it's all m- mainly black people in the waiting room. He's like, hey, you're the house racist guy in roast battle, right? I'm like, no. I don't know what you're talking about. And then the same no day, way. like three hours later, I'm at the Whole Foods on Fairfax in Santa Monica, which is you can't get any wider of a business. It's all Russian Jews and... You know, white Are people. there other kinds of Jews? I yeah. always seem to see that Russian... Jew-Jews. Prefix. Okay. And uh, a white guy goes, Hey, you're the house racist from Roast Battle. And I'm like, wow, yeah. Wow, the same exact phrase? Yeah. Because, you know, it's it, Roast Battle really started popping uh, via Periscope. So it has a like a big... It has a cult following on Periscope. Yeah, like an underground or yeah. whatever you want to call it, cult following. And so. it is exciting to watch it on Periscope because it's all real time. Yeah. And anything can happen and it's cool to watch it there. Especially back in the early days when it was a little more, uh, you know, crazy. Oh, you think it's been toned down? Yeah, you know, it's on uh, cable TV now, so it, I don't think they can... They can't air everything that you guys said. Right. I mean, they're in the early days of the show, we used to have a rule if it was two white comics battling each one could get an n-word like they could say <laughs> wow which was crazy Wait, that was in the belly room not yeah. not on comedy that was central. in the belly room no i don't think comedy central would be down with that uh, yeah. word uh or that rule uh so and, and we actually had people wait wait so what if it's not a white person what if it's a minority 
No, like, that was the whole wackiness of the the show. Was like, okay, this is a crazy show. I'm assuming Moses, who's the host and black, he thought, you know, hey, it's funny if two white people can say it. Oh, like, he made that rule. He was I mean, part I of that. Well, he's the host. It's his show, so right. So I'm sure he you know, had I'm a sure say was, in that. Yeah, I mean, I don't. This was before Jeff Ross got involved. Oh, so, wow. You know, I'm sure. Uh, and you know, we actually had a, a battle where that was used as the last joke and it won the guy the battle oh wow and it's been you know i've been to kiss concerts super bowls stanley cup finals world series when he used that word to win the battle i've never heard a room uh, explode like that like it was crazy what was the joke uh it was matt nost who's a very funny comic and jason tebow who's a very funny comic uh, and Jason's joke was, well, we all know uh, Matt's dad left him and his mom has sex with, uh, and the room just, like, it was like a rock concert. Like, because yeah. no one was expecting it, because, you know. Right. I think it was the first time that rule had really been embraced. Oh, because most people. No one didn't do it. Most, just because that rule existed didn't mean that yeah. everybody used it. Yeah, I don't think very many people, if any, had really used it. Um, so, and Jason Tebow's a pretty white guy. Uh, yeah. So, it was just, but he, but then, you know, the show got a little more mainstream and that rule was taken away. Wow. So. How long did Roast Battle exist before it got on Comedy Central? I mean, I know, I think in July, coming this July, it's five years. I think Comedy Central got involved about two years ago. So it was like three years. Wow. While we were on our own and, you know. And how did you become that guy on there? Well, uh, I was up there the very first night. You were just being yourself. um, Well, I was, this was right before I'd gotten passed at the comedy store. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was a talent coordinator there who was... uh, Let's just say he had some interesting views on certain elements of society. Um, and I knew that I would oh, never... Oh, Tommy? I, you know, I can't say, I can't say names. <laughs> I, it's possible. Uh, a certain a, guy a with... A certain guy with a mullet. Longer and, hair. And from Jacksonville. Uh, I knew I was never going to get past as long as he was there. So I started going up to Roast Battle... I don't even think it was called Roast Battle at the time. Didn't even have a name. We would just all go up there on Tuesday nights. And I was just imitating a certain person, you know. And Oh, wow. That's how it all started. Yeah. The, you know, because in the early days, you know, now, you know, the battles are so good. And it's like Pat Barker against, you know, Sarah Tiana. And it's like these amazing joke writers. And, you know, it's me against Jimmy Carr. Uh, but back then, it, it was, you know, open micers, you know, and the battles weren't very good. That's what's cool about it, because it is people that you've never seen do anything. Yeah, which is, you know, sometimes part of the problem, you know, because then they get stand-up gigs that they're probably not... Ready for. Ready for, and then that kind of drags the name of the show down, because... Right, you know, if somebody's only credit is Roast Battle... Yeah, then... You gotta be like, oh, let me wait till they get something else first. But as you know, in this business, you know, a club owner would be like, oh, I don't care if they're funny. Let's just get roast battle fans in here. And, you know, sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. You know, it's like any show, you know, if you have a TV credit, you're going to 
get headlining work or feature work you probably don't deserve. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but that's another podcast. So, but that's how I started on Roast Battle was doing that. Oh, wow. And then I think when Comedy Central came on board, they I don't exactly know what they said, but I think they basically said to Moses, oh, we love Earl, he's great, but we can't have that character on television. Oh, really? Which I disagree with. I think wow. he could. I mean, obviously, I would tone down, you know, what I was saying for television. So when you did Roast Battle, you just were a contestant. Yeah, I think they were basically more or less said to Brian and Jeff, uh, can he battle? Well, okay, if you're the racist white guy, but technically you're Jewish, so right. it kind of, yeah. And the host is there black. Are some, there are some Jews who think that Jewish people are not white. Are you one of them? I think Jews are white people. Yeah. But like it, it's like, come on, the host of this show is black. The Jews who like fucking black girls identify Jewish as a minority. Well, I mean, the, but then they're that's a about, loophole they try to use. Like, yeah. you know, I'm one of you too. Yeah. Well, I mean, comics are the horniest species on the planet. Why is that? Because we want to just jerk off all day and then just go to work at eight. Well, yeah, or ten. Or uh, Eleven. Or midnight. Last night I had a midnight spot, but. Uh, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it's like, do you really think a black host would have an actual racist as a sidekick? You know, it's like, come on. Right. If you just look at who hired you or who's in charge of the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, you've got Coach T. It's and, not like, were you ever offended of uh, offending Moses? I mean, I would never, I, ne I never really, I said anything that I think was too wacky. I mean, you know, like when there was a school shooting or something, I would... You know, I would be, be more outrageous than racist. Like, hey, like, at least the guy was a good shot. You know, he right, killed, killed right, eight right, people. Right. Uh, you know, clearly I'm joking, you know. But, you know, I think in the earlier, probably the first two years of the show, it was like, that's what made the show so great. was like, this guy just made the school I think it would have been fine if I, I, Comedy Central had you as that guy. I think so, too. It would have been, it would have made it better. I mean, I think... Uh, it's what made Roast Battle so good back in the earlier parts of the, the show was like you never knew what was going to be set up there. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people would come in the earlier days. It wasn't because... That's why of, it's exciting to be there in the room as it's happening. Oh, you have to be. I like mean, the energy of Roast Battle is higher than any other show that you can do. Yeah, especially back then because it was really like... I mean, there were uh, rape jokes, molestation jokes... Uh, racial jokes, uh, sexual orientation jokes. I mean, Robin Tran, who's one of the great roasters, she's transgendered. There would be jokes about her, uh, and she's a killer. She would have rebuttals. And, yeah, she's uh, really good. Oh, she's awesome. Uh, you know, and this still a great show. I mean, it's still five years in, packed every Tuesday. And, um, and they're still doing Comedy Central, right? You know, I'm not really on the show anymore, so I don't know what the plans are. Yeah. Uh, Nobody ever knows anything anyway. I mean, I didn't know anything when I was on the show. Like, you know, I, I was asked one day, hey, do you want a battle? Mm -hmm. And I knew what that meant was like, they're not going to have... You in the audience planted. Yeah. And I'm like, not really, but I'll do anything to stay on this show. So... Do you think they should have done it? I mean, the stage that they did it on, it's really nice. But w wasn't it different switching from the belly room to that stage that you guys shot it at? I mean, in Montreal, it's probably the my favorite 
I mean, I've been doing stand-up for almost 18, 19 years. When I first walked out my for my first battle, which was the first night on television, I'll never forget that visual. It was like I was a Springsteen walking out to an audience. Like it was like there was people everywhere and like this guy t to my uh, stage left had a Skakel Army shirt. Wow, that's awesome. I, I, I was so freaked out by seeing someone who took the time to make a Skakel Army t-shirt that I almost fucked up my first joke. Oh, I was wow. Like, You're so thrown I was off. Like, what? Uh, and then I was oh, there's cameras. I got I to gotta start. Uh, but you almost wanted to like address it yeah, and almost like, say something so that the camera could zoom. What if the camera zoomed in on him and was like, and yeah. showed that he's wearing a t-shirt with your name on it? Yeah, I mean, it was just like, you know. So, I mean, um, in terms of, I mean, the energy in the belly room is unbelievable just because it's such a small room and it bounces off the walls. The, the You know, when a joke lands, it literally hits the right side of the room and then hits the left side and then hits the ceiling and then the floor and it's like there's nowhere for the energy to go. Uh, but it did work in Montreal. Yeah. Because it was just like a rock concert. You know, it was like a, a, probably a thousand people in the room or how, you yeah. know, 500 and just the energy, the cameras, and you know, knowing that there's a million people on TV watching you is like—it's an energy I'll never forget. Yeah. So. You know, one thing when I do like when I've done TV tapings, that's so different than when you're just performing a spot or in the belly room, is when you look out into the audience, you actually see everybody's freaking face. Yeah. Because they're lit. Yeah, your sense of—I think your senses are so. And that—that that throws you off for. A second because if you know you're used to performing at clubs where you only see the front two rows are kind of right. lit and everybody else is dark you kind of get used to just like looking out into the darkness because yeah. you, you don't want to focus on the front two rows so but then at a taping you're like oh shit here yeah. now i'm looking at everybody and you could see if somebody's like not having a good time and yeah. you're like let me just divert my eyes yeah, away from that guy who's got his arms crossed well, that's the worst when you see someone with their arms crossed and then you're like, fuck, this guy's not having a good time. Or a girl, uh, you know, you start looking around for any friendly face. Because, so. But then you still, you know that they're there and you make a mental note and you're just like, don't, yeah. don't go back to that guy. Oh, for sure. I mean, luckily it, for Roast Battle in Montreal, it, it was such an exciting atmosphere. There weren't many people with their arms folded. Yeah, yeah no, you guys was, don't have that. And you guys have a really young audience. Yeah, I mean, which is weird because I'm 49, so you wouldn't think I would gravitate towards a younger crowd, uh, but younger people love me. The industry, when they like put together shows, they think that if their target audience is a 18, 18 to 25 crowd, they think that you have to put 18 to 25 people on TV to attract that crowd. But like, you're not. Oh no! I mean, I'm double. You're like the age. Mr. Old Guy there. But I think I act young, so, you know, they, I've always done well with young crowds. I mean, it's not even, it's just, if you're funny, then you're not, what, you're not going to laugh because somebody's not a millennial? Yeah. But the industry, I think, doesn't, uh, they don't think like you and I do. They're like, okay, just what you said. Okay, we have an 18-year-old audience. We need a 20-year-old comic. It's like, well, they're not ready yet. Probably. Yeah. Uh, you know, but we can have a 40-year-old comic. Because they're like, not going to get the they're jokes. Gonna, they're going to be scared. Like, yeah, and like, it's like they make, they, they just like, I don't know what they're thinking. Well, I mean, funny's funny. Like, you know, yeah. someone's funny, 
an 18 year old's gonna laugh if they're not funny i was just watching a joan rivers clip of her talking about how melissa rivers her daughter got offered playboy for i forget how much it was two hundred thousand dollars and she turned it down and she's like bitching about like i fucking worked my ass off so you could turn down a two hundred thousand dollar playboy offer yeah no it's like and you know she was hilarious and she's she was probably 65 when she did that joke or i don't know how old she was and i thought it was hilarious I don't know why people think that you would have to stay in your age category to find somebody funny. Yeah, I mean, like, when I was a kid, my favorite comic was, he wasn't really a comic, was Carol O'Connor, who played Archie Bunker. You know, he was probably in his late 50s when I was, uh, you know, 12, and I thought, this guy's hilarious. No, I would watch Three Stooges, and I thought they were hilarious. I still watch the Three Stooges. Oh, my God, I haven't watched the Three Stooges in so long. Well, the Curly is like, I only really like the ones with Curly, uh, you know, because he was just so stupid and juvenile, the humor. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Hollywood's an interesting place, what they try and train your brain to feel funny. Well, Well, they just test stuff out and... I don't know. A lot of it doesn't work. But, I mean, it's the people testing it are, you know, they, they never they did think, stand up. They think they know what they're doing. But they don't. But we know what we're doing more than they know what they're doing. But I don't think they want to trust, you know, like, you know, even with, like, Roast Battle. I, I, I should be a consultant on that show because I know the show better than oh anybody. Oh, my God. Of course you, they should hire you as a consultant. Because I just, I, I know better than anyone but probably Moses and... And, you know, Jeff, Ross, you know, okay, these two people know each other. They should battle. Oh. You, you know, instead of, you know, this guy doesn't know this girl. Well, most people pick who they battle, right? Well, I think in uh, for the TV show, you don't pick who you battle. Oh, that's right. Um, because it's, I, I don't know how they picked who. Like, you know, I went up against Tom Ballard, who's a super funny Australian comic. I didn't know, you know, I didn't oh, know Jimmy Carr. They just assign you. Yeah. So, you know, you can't really argue. You can't say, no, I don't want to battle. And then how long do you have until the taping? Well, for season one, it was, uh, you had two weeks for your first battle. So you had a fair amount of time to go mm-hmm. do your research. But then after that, you had one day. Oh, wow. And then wow. after that, you had two days to prepare for three people. So knowing that you only have you're only gonna have one day, are you writing jokes for those people yeah. who right? Well, I had to, you know I was battling Tom, so I had to go. Okay, you know if I win, I'm gonna either face uh, Jimmy Carr or Christy Cielo because they were battling in the other bracket. So you start writing jokes for. So you're you're writing jokes for all three of them. Yeah, I mean, you definitely, con- at least how I did it was I concentrated the most on Tom because, mm-hmm. you know, I have to beat him first. Mm-hmm. And then uh, with, then you start writing jokes about Jimmy and Christy. And then, you know, Jimmy beat Christy. So then I beat uh, Jimmy Carr. And then you had to battle, you know, for the live finale, you had to prepare for three people. Um, you, like in my... Uh, the three people I had to prepare for were Sarah Tiana mm-hmm. and then uh, Mike Lawrence and or Kay Trevor Wilson. 
Oh my god! So you're writing jokes for all of them, and all three are killers. Like right, so you can't predict who's gonna win. No, I mean it was like, uh, you know, I was facing. uh, I had to start going. Okay, well, if Sarah beats, um, I forget who she beat to get into the finale, but I had to prepare for one. You know, both of those people, and then you have to go. Okay, well, if I beat Sarah, I have to prepare for either Mike Lawrence or Kate Trevor Wilson. Mm -hmm. So, and all three are so good. That you couldn't really devote more time to one versus the other. Uh, so it was very tough. But I think in season two, they knew that it was too tough to do it like that. So they got extra days to Oh, prepare. that's good. So, uh, you know, I wasn't on season two. But, like, you know, I think they had it a little bit easier of a time. Yeah, wow. So. And, I mean, you don't even have time to test out these jokes on oh, any no. stages. You're just... Not really. I mean, That's I, the first time you're doing any of these jokes. I think in season two you did because you had like two two or three days between each battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in Montreal, uh, you know, I had people helping me write and, you know, you would just kind of brainstorm. Uh, you know, I'm more of a rebuttal guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm much better at going, okay, Esther's going to say this about me, so be prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't like writing jokes. Well, Esther is blah, blah, blah. I try and think, what are you going to say And about those me? rebuttals get way bigger laughs yeah, than, won- like, original jokes. Yeah, I mean, I've won every battle I've ever had based on my rebuttals. Really? Because it's easy for me. Wait, like, have you ever lost a battle? I've lost uh, two battles, uh, both to women. Wow. To who? I lost to Whitney Rice. Wow. Who was uh, my girlfriend at the time. We thought, oh, that's battle. Uh, And then I lost to Sarah in Montreal. Wow. But, you know, both times I had bad strategy. I'm like a master strategist with roast battle. Are you really? Because I'm... uh, Maybe were you wrong about what they might say about you and then... Well, with Whitney, I lost... I mean, Whitney Rice is beautiful she looks like a better looking julia roberts i mean she's stunning wow so uh and she in our battle she came out in a one piece very tight fitting dress i mean she looked every guy in the room would fuck within two seconds and i'm talking about how bad her body is and her face and like i was clearly dating her so but you know you have to it's roast battle it's not compliment battle so you have to like fake your you know yeah. Like, I love you. You're hot. But if we were to battle, I would have to be like, okay, I have to act like she's ugly. Really? Well, you have... Well, so was the audience confused? They're like, yeah. Because they're, like, well, they're, they're like, dating. she looks hot. Oh, she looked amazing. And so what is he talking about? Like, right. these, that They didn't find that funny, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And then against Sarah Tiana, I, knowing how my battle with Whitney went, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be that mean to her. I'm going to be cute. And that was, I should have been meaner. Yeah. So, because, uh, you know, if it's two guys battling, you could just hammer each other. You're fat. You're disgusting. You it know. is tricky when it's a girl versus a guy. Yeah, it's definitely, um, I mean, I've beaten women before uh, in roast battle. <laughs> uh, but in those battles, I was, you know, I was uh, clever. You know, it really depends on the girl. Like, if the girl's likable, you have to like massage your way around oh uh, wow it's harder to it's hard to win against a likable girl right because it's like you look like a dick you you know like annie letterman 
you know, Annie Letterman's awesome, but she's got a tough exterior, so you could go at her a little more. Yeah. Because she, uh, her comedy's like a dude, you know, it's very like, you know, yeah. aggressive. Uh, whereas going up against someone like, you know, like you, you're really, uh, you know, you're always smiling and you're super friendly. So if I were to battle you and be mean to you, I would, I would come off like a dick. Really? Yeah. So it depends on who you're battling. Wow. I mean, but you're, that's the whole point. You're supposed to be a dick. But it's very much a strategy. Like, you know, when people battle me, like, uh, since I'm the oldest roaster for the most part, uh, who's like been on the TV show, you know, they hit me with age jokes usually. Yeah. And it's like, it's risky to do that because I, the odds are I'm going to look better than anyone who's on that stage with me physically, uh, you know, because I've, you know, work out and all that stuff. You know, I have most of my hair and like, you know, my skin is clear. Yeah. So it's like, okay, you can call me old, but I look better than you. So like, right. what are you talking about? If you're going up against a fat guy. Right. Like if you're a fat guy making age jokes about me, it's like, look at yourself. You know, you look like... It's a- easy to beat him. Right. Yeah. And, uh, wow. These women battlers are like such a wild card for you guys. For me, they are. Cause, yeah. Because, you know, I'm so like, uh, you know, I roast battle like I um like a pro wrestler you know it's a character mm-hmm. you know and so it's very hard to battle me because I'm so stupid and outrageous mm-hmm. that it, I can't really be taken that seriously yeah so it's like how do I make fun of him he's he's leathered up and oiled up you know uh what is this <laughs> so, right so it's very I'm usually have good strategy right if you were to battle me what would you go after uh, i mean i would research you i mean i don't know a lot about you but i would try and see who you dated if you've had sex with anyone in the room yeah uh i would you know look at some of your comedy clips and go okay what does she joke about was she molested did she have a good relationship with her parents does she have a sister that's uh you know, they don't get along. Uh, right, right. You right. really, if you do it right, you really do your research. Like, oh, yeah. You know, like people who battle me. I know, like I battled Alex Duong. Right. And he, there's so much he could research about me, but there wasn't much I could research about him. So I I couldn't find that much stuff. So I just have to go off of his looks or whatever. Right. You um, know? So you have to really... But the danger is, like, if it's too inside of a joke, the crowd's not going to get it. Yeah. Like, um, and Roast Battle has a lot of newer fans, so they might... Like, in the early days, a lot of jokes would be like, well, you fucked this person. Well, I'm fucking them now. And so. everybody would oh. be like, that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But, but now it's like, well, Earl fucked this person, and, and the audience isn't going to know who that person is. So yeah. it's like, okay, well, that's great, but I don't get the joke. Right. You can't be too insider. Yeah, but you like... And people probably make that mistake. Sometimes, you know, like I, one of my first battles, um, someone had made a joke about an ex-girlfriend, but she was like two girlfriends ago. Mm-hmm. So nobody in the room knew. It was a great joke. Uh, I thought it was hilarious, but... Uh, you know, no one in the room knew who the girl was, so it didn't didn't fall. Right, uh, it was so. just a waste of a joke. Yeah, but you know, I understand why the person did the joke. Like, if people had known who this girl was, it would have 
probably won them the battle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a fine line. You really there's so and that's what makes it such a great show is there's so many little moving parts that you have to have all uh, coincide together. Or yeah. else, you know, one um, misplaced line or reference could you know ruin your whole right you know strategy. Yeah, it is so delicate. Yeah, and it's the stakes. Of, you know, when you're on the TV show, it's like... It's like, it's like amplified, like, yeah, by like, 500. Yeah, because you've got TVs, you know, you've got celebrity Cameras judges. and... You know, and, and so... Wow, it, that's so much pressure. There was a lot of pressure. You know, yeah. Especially, like, in my second round match, I had to battle Jimmy Carr, who everyone wanted to win. Because he's Jimmy Carr, you know. He, but so, I think it's cool to see uh, the the um underdog win yeah no i mean i uh it's probably one of my favorite comedy moments was that night after the battle like you know in montreal they had some uh, huge outdoor party for the comics and like people were coming up to me going you're the guy who just beat jimmy like it was like this big like yeah because jimmy is like the best he's an amazing comic and he's like russell peters he's like worldwide he's so massively popular so I think people were like, who's this guy Jimmy's battling? And then, you know, I got lucky, you know, and so. Wow, that is cool. Yeah, and Jimmy's a great guy. And he was a good sport about it. Oh, yeah, I don't think Jimmy Carr cared if he won. Or I mean, lost. I mean, he's such a big comic, like, roast battle to him. Is like, okay. I find that people forget who who lost or won anyway. Yeah, I tell people. You know? uh, my friend had a battle the other night where he didn't do very well. It's like, dude, 10 minutes after it's over, no one cares. Nobody, it's like, it's almost like an etch-a-sketch. Like, you just forget about it. Yeah, and, and that's not a knock you, on the you, show. You remember more jokes than you do who won or lost. Yeah, because it's, you know, it, it's... Um, I mean, it's I'm, recorded on the website and like, but even your, on, t- your, your record is, like, available. But nobody's... No one cares about No one records. cares about, like, the records. I mean, the people who have nothing going on care about their records. Yeah. You know, and, oh, my God, I'm ranked number seven, or, you know, this battle was one of the top 50 of all time. It's like, no one cares. No one cares. Like, you know, worry more about your stand-up. It's not, it's not, um, it's not the freaking NFL. Well, to some people it is, just because they have nothing else going on. Oh, yeah. You True. Know, like, you got to move on and go, okay... I got on this season of roast battle. Now I've got to get on. I mean, the odds are they're not going to bring you back. They might. Mm-hmm. You know, in my case, you know, I think I'm basically the most popular roaster, just because people like how I do it. Um, but you know, who knows? I don't know. Oh wow! I mean, they'll bring some people back, but for like, season three, you know, whatever they're doing, like yeah. I think that they're you know smart. They go, okay, who's popular? Who should we bring back that would you know, if you, if you lost in the first round, they're not going to bring you back. Right, 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 or, right. You know, if you, if you got to the live finale and you beat, like, say, Jimmy Carr, like, people are either going to love you or hate you. So yeah. it's like you're a good person to, you know, it's like pro wrestling. Like, Well, you've already beat Jimmy Carr, so it's like you've already gotten to the top. Yeah, even though I didn't win it, I'm so, good. So I feel like they might almost be like, well, he already, he already got to the top. But it's also like you want to, like in the world of pro wrestling, bad guys always do well because half the crowd wants to see them lose. The other half wants to see them win. So, you know, I don't know what, you know, Comedy Central looks for in terms of what they're doing with the show. But, you know, someone's popular on the show. You think 
Yeah. So who did you have to go up against after Jimmy Carr? Uh, Sarah Tiana. Oh, and she beat you? She beat me, and then I beat K. Trevor Wilson in the, uh, I guess, the the loser bracket. You know, yeah. Uh, but K. Trevor's like an amazing comic. Like, he's very, very good. Wow. Because he's just this huge Canadian guy. He's, he's not fat, but he's a little... Uh, um, just a big guy. Yeah. So he knows you're going to hit him with, you know, fat jokes or whatever. And so you can't do them against him because he's just too good. Oh, wow. You know. Oh, so he'll just have a rebuttal. Yeah, like, because okay, I'm like fat. If you go for the obvious. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, it's like, okay, I'm fat, but I'm still getting more pussy than you are. So, you know, and then you're like, oh, shit. What right. Do I say now? It's, it's almost like you're giving him an alley-oop. Yeah. So oh, don't give sure. it to him. Yeah, like when I battle someone fat, I don't do fat jokes. It's just smarter not to. Because they're, you know, it's all about mental manipulation. You know, like oh, if I'm battling wow. you, I'm not going to do an Asian joke. Yeah. And the whole time you're going to be, when's it coming? When's the Asian joke coming? When's you know? Right. So it's gonna, you know, yeah. you really want to fuck with people's heads. Wow. Like if I were battling me, I wouldn't do an AIDS joke. AIDS? Age. I'd do an AIDS joke, but I wouldn't do an age. Age joke. You pronounce age like AIDS. Well, you know, I can't catch it twice, so. uh, (laughs) Do you mind if I pause it? I have to pee so bad. No, no. It's your podcast. Hold on one second. All right. We're back. We are back. I'm here with Earl Skakel from Rose Battle. Yeah, yeah, that's me. That's you, man. It's it's hard to deny. (laughs) Thanks for coming by today. Thank, oh, I love you. I've always uh, been a fan. So. Oh, shut up. Yeah, it's true. You don't even know me, so how can you even be a fan? Well, we've done shows together. You're full of shit, Earl Skakel. Are you really a Kennedy? <laughs> you if get you right were, to it. If you were a Kennedy, why is your last name not Kennedy? Well, my aunt is Ethel Kennedy, Uh huh. who married Robert Kennedy, the oh. second brother who got killed. So I'm wait, a Skakel. Wait, 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 wait. Ethel was a Ethel. Ethel Skakel. was a Skakel. She married uh, Bobby Kennedy. So your family is married into yeah, the Kennedys, not, which is why it's never been a big deal to me. It's just by marriage. Oh, that's like you're not biologically. No, no. So yeah. that's why some people are like, "Oh my God, you're a Kennedy." I'm like, "No, I'm really not." Yeah. I'm a Skakel. Right. Better. Okay. We're better people. So did you ever meet the Kennedys? I mean, I'd met uh, a lot of Ethel's kids because some of them are around my same age. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but we weren't very close. Uh, you know, and my dad really even wasn't very close with his sister. Like, they loved each other, you know, but they were just raised to be, I think, uh, independent. Mm-hmm. Like, there was one time I was having lunch with my dad at the Bel Air Hotel, and... Uh, Ethel walked in, and the waiter came over and said, Mr. Skakel, your sister's here. She'd like to come over and say hello. Mm-hmm. And my dad just looked at the waiter and goes, nah. Oh, wow. So that's just like, oh yeah. you know, how I was raised. was like, oh. Like, even my family, I have two brothers and two sisters. We all love each other dearly, but we're not like, you know, we all live our own lives, and, you know... All of them have kids, and certainly with my hours, I, I, it's hard for me to call my sister up at midnight. Mm-hmm. She has three kids. Hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. But that's like when I'm at my peak energy level. Is, it's not like you guys hate each other. Yeah, no, we love each other. Like, yeah, we're like wolves. If you, but you guys also don't talk to each other every day. Like some people do. Yeah, like if you attacked one of us, if my brother Andrew called me and said, "Hey, this." 
person was not nice to me, they, I, all four of us would, you know, make sure that Andrew felt comfortable. Yeah. Like we're like a pack of dogs. Wow. We eat separately. But... You have four siblings. Yeah, two brothers, two sisters. I have three brothers, one sister. Okay, so we're alike. Yeah, I'm the second. What are you? I'm the baby. Oh, you are? So. You spoiled little brat. I'm a 49-year-old babe. <laughs> goo goo ga ga. Ba 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 ba. I always had to like take care of my siblings. Like right. so much so that when they don't call me on Mother's Day, I get offended. Right. Well, they should. You're a good person. Like I am such a good person. I basically sacrificed my childhood to like take care of them because my parents were so absent. Right. Are they still around? Like your parents? Um, my dad is. Okay. Yeah. See, now you're getting dirt on me. Yeah. On my dead mom. But see, that's... That happens a lot in Roast Battle. Dead moms and dads come, oh, yeah. into, come into play. I mean, my parents died two months apart. So, uh, you know, it's a frequent target. Yeah. I mean, I don't battle that much anymore. So... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's got to be... What, did, did one die of heartbreak of the other? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, my mom died. Uh, she had like 58 forms of cancer. Oh, my God. Uh, so... It, you know, and my dad was pretty sick at the time, so we knew. Yeah. That it would. It, I'm actually when I tell people I'm glad it happened that way, they're like, "That's kind of weird to say," but. Uh, you, know, you know, my mom died last year, and my dad just got is is getting remarried. I mean. So he don't plan to die. He's right. like, he's like. Yeah, if I you're mean, getting married right now. Everyone's different, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, some people handle. I don't know if I could do that, you know, but... Yeah. You know, I've never had a girlfriend die, so... Well... That I know of. I mean, they meant to get a divorce, like, a long... Like, my parents slept in a separate bed just like yours. Yeah. Yeah, my... I mean, I... No, like, my dad had his own bedroom in the basement. I mean, that's how my parents were. I mean, my dad's room was all the... We had a fairly big house. Mm -hmm. It wasn't a mansion, but it was pretty big. My dad slept upstairs in the northern, most northern end of the home, and my mom slept downstairs in the most southern end of the home. Like, but they loved each other. Like, they just. So the first night, I spent the night at a friend's house, and I saw his parents go into this room together. I'm like, "What are your parents doing?" He's like, "What do you mean? They're sleeping in the same room." You're like, "Gross." Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Really? That's nasty." So. Yeah. You know. I don't know. It's funny that they had their separate bedrooms because my dad worked at night. Right. And he went to the post office. So it's like they'd be sleeping in different shifts anyway. They they still hated each other so much. They were like, even though I'm sleeping at different hours than you, I still don't want to be in the same room with you when you're sleeping. I mean, you know, some people just weren't meant to be together. Yeah. But, you know, they must have loved each other at some point. They had four kids. Well... They five. had five kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they would be like embracing each other and like being all lovey-dovey right. at some points, but then also not like each other. I mean, yeah, some people are like that, you know. You look at like OJ and Nicole, you know. Well. <laughs> they probably shouldn't have been together, but they had a couple kids. Yeah. And, you, know, was, you know, ended poorly, but OJ loved her. <laughs> Well, now I'm doubting the love between all these people. Well, you never know. I mean, it's especially in the entertainment business, you know. Yeah. It's a wacky business. It is freaking wacky. And you've been in L.A. for like 
my whole life. Oh, really? I mean, I grew up in Bel Air. Oh, you grew up here? Yeah, I grew up. I'm born and raised. Oh, wow. So, Did you ever think I should go do comedy in another city and then come back? I mean, I, I've always flirted with the idea of going to New York because I think it's a better comedy city. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's just more opportunity. But I'm treated so well in L.A. comedy that I don't know if I'd want to go to another city and give start up, from scratch. Give up your status here yeah. to go wait at the bottom of the list over there. Yeah, like even though in New York I would be treated fairly well because I think I'm, I mean, I'm not known, but like I'm have a good reputation. Yeah. You know, like the no, stand. No, you just need a few referrals and... Yeah. But I think I'm known enough where I'd be like, oh, we can have that guy at our club. Yeah. And, there's certainly enough. Well, plus they need to like change up the lineup. These clubs, they get so used to having the same 10 guys that it's like you should mix it up. But people get comfortable. Yeah, I mean. Working it, together. Oh, I get that, you know. But, uh, you know, that's the one thing I love about the comedy stores. It's always, yes, there's a lot of the same A-list comics, you know. But there's always some new blood on the lineup. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not very stale, you know. Yeah. There's always at least, you know, two or three new Right, new people who just got passed. Yeah, like Jessica Michelle Singleton. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ron Taylor, who just got passed. He's great. Yeah, uh, he's so funny. You know, Lucas Hurl, you know, Josh Martin. There's always, you know, yes, you're going to see the Rogans and the the Theo Vons and the Joey Diaz's and the, you know, uh, Mary Lynn Reichkub and, and But, you know, there'll always be something new. For, oh, who's this person? Right. So... You know, it's, it's an honor to be involved there. So. I know. You know, I've read about the comedy store years before I ever got there. Yeah, I mean, everyone has. It's yeah, like, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's a legendary place. Yeah, it's like the NFL of comedy clubs. It's mm -hmm. like there's a comedy store and then everyone else. Yeah. So, and, But, the, you know, it's not the end-all, be-all. You can, you know, but it's, I think, still the, the, the club in the, the number one club in the country where Every comic wants their name on the wall. Totally. You know, it's like the Stanley Cup. You totally. Know, you want your name on that. They could even even do a documentary where they like look up because I, I listened to your last podcast. Thank you. With um, I forget his name though. Joey Marmo. Joey Marmo, and how he quit comedy. Yeah, I but mean, his name is still up there forever. Like, yeah, that's the beauty. Of like you could do a whole series on where are on they now? The names you just go up to a name and just Google it. And go find those people and what they're doing now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people, uh, you know, comedy's a tough business. You know, uh, you know, at Mitzi's memorial, uh, Tim Thomerson was up there. Now, most goes back to talking about younger people not knowing who older comics are. But like Tim Thomerson was a huge comic in the eighties, mm -hmm. and uh, if you ever go into the original room, you know, there's probably like twelve names that are in neon. So when the lights are off. The, yeah. And he's one of them. One, so that's how big he was. Like to get your name. Wow. In, in the original ne in room. neon. Like it's neat to have your name on the wall. But to, to get your name in neon in the original room is like. There's like, only like 10 just, names. Yeah. And if he, that. Andrew, yeah. Andrew Dice Clay is one of them. Dice Clay, Gary Shandling, um, Roseanne Barr, Yakov Smirnoff. Um, so it's an elite it's an even the leader group yeah uh and he was at mitzi's memorial talking about how he just kind of quit the business moved to la jolla and surfs oh wow you and know? la jolla is beautiful yeah. but he's a great great comic and he's just like you know joey marmo is, is a great comic but he does just... he ever stop by the comedy store in la jolla 
Tim Thomerson, uh, I'm sure he does. I mean, I'm not, but you know, he probably is like, you know, he achieved the, the heights of this business. Very few people do. So he's like, I've mm-hmm. done it. I'm good. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think I'll do stand up forever. I think so too. But you know, some people it's like, uh, I don't want to. Some people, maybe their goals were to get their name on the wall at the comedy store. And yeah, if, and if you don't have a bigger goal, you're like, you know what? I'm good now. Yeah, I think he probably made a lot of money in the '80s doing comedy. Probably he strikes me as the type of guy who would invest it and shit. So uh, rather than do coke, I mean, he probably did that too. Uh, I mean, everybody it was, did that. Yeah, back then it was a form of networking. Oh, absolutely. If you didn't do it, it was like you weirdo. What a loser. Yeah, it's like me. I don't. I've never had anything. Oh, you've never smoked weed. Never had weed, never done coke, never had a cigarette, never had a drink, drink, nothing. Why? Uh, My mom bribed me. She was like, if you don't drink till you're 18, I'll get you the car of your choice. Within reason. Mm -hmm. It's not like I could show up at high school in a Ferrari. And uh, she got me a nice car. And after that... What was the car? It was a BMW 380... Oh my God, you spoiled little brat! It was a 318 Wow! Bright red. Oh my God! It was, as the kids say, a dope car. Wow. So, uh, after that, it was like, well, why start So the bribe worked? Oh, absolutely. What age did the bribe start? Uh, Probably at 12 or 13. If you don't do any drugs or drink or smoke cigarettes? Till you're 18, I'll get you a nice car. Oh, that's a great bribe. And literally... It worked, right? Yeah. I, but, you know, after that, I was like, okay, I'm 18. I'm not going to start doing drugs now. And we're around drugs a lot. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not tempted at all, so... Right. Even, like, you get so used to building up, just turning down drinks. Because people probably say, can I buy you a drink? Oh, yeah. After your show. I get so many people... Like comic friends, like Earl, you're like one of the funniest people we know, and you're sober. If you were high a little bit, you'd be funnier. So let's let's smoke weed, or here's an edible, or you know whatever. I'm like, I'm good. Are you hoping to get another car? Yeah, I mean, like, I, why know. are you still sober? Well, you know, I think, uh, you know, I like women, so you know, my insides are well preserved. You know, uh-huh. Like most comics, you know, when they get a little older, they like have trouble uh, with their liver, with liver, their weenies, and you know, like if you abuse your body, it don't work anymore. Yeah, and you so. want to be able to fuck into the old age. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So you know, I think uh, I'm doing all right in that area. Um, do you think this movement of the Me Too times has? curbed guys like hitting on women oh absolutely like i had a couple of comedy store waitresses the other night uh, say hey we've heard about your dick pic you know we want to see it and i'm like uh so is this a trap yeah I was like, <laughs> are you secretly a reporter for bust.com yeah i mean i had to interview them for five minutes like you're asking me to show me to show you my yeah. dick pic, you want you're so you want me to go Can into my phone. Can you sign this release form? Yeah. You give consent that you want to see this photo. But that was like a running gag at the comedy store. I have a I have an amazing dick pic. Uh, yeah, I've heard you have a big dick. I've never seen it, but what well, I mean, I you know. But people talk about like you 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 took your dick out at a battle or something, right? 
Um, probably. I don't remember, but like, you know. What? You're sober. How can you not remember? <laughs> I probably did. It sounds like something I would do just to get the room going. Or did you do a naked comedy show or something? I did a naked roast battle in Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, people were telling me that you have a big dick. At Skankfest. Yeah. By, uh, me, Ari, Shafir, and Bronson Jones were the judges. Yeah. And we were naked. The, the oh, you guys were all naked? Yeah, the contestants are naked. Oh my God. The host is naked. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, the great Zach Amico uh, and uh, the judges are naked. So, and the audience is clothed. And there's no naked, there's no pictures or video. Like, you know, because that was like my concern. I'm like, hey, I just got a Showtime so, show. I can't, like, I can't, like, you know. Have my naked yeah, photo out there on I the mean, internet. Like, I'm literally the lowest ranked cast member. I can't risk. I can't risk losing my job. Yeah. So they're like, oh, yeah, there's no pictures or video. We check and like we have security that walks around, you know. So uh, I was like, okay, as long as there's no evidence that I was. So, but like, how do you control that? What if somebody tries to sneak a photo? Well, I mean, they had guys walking around the room the whole time. I mean, and they're I, naked? No, they're clothed. <laughs> uh, I mean, you couldn't. The, the audience was given the option of being naked. But and I, how many naked girls were there? Uh, well, Lindsay Jennings was, uh, one was of naked. the naked, but that's like nothing to her. Like, you know, she loves being naked. Yeah. She loves like, yeah. You know, go on her Snapchat. I don't know what the password is anymore. Uh, oh, is there a password? Yeah. I, I don't, I, I think there's like a, an, uh, edited, uncensored Snapchat. You can yeah, yeah, you yeah. Have to give her tokens or something. Uh, so she was naked. I think there was two or three other uh, female roasters. One girl pulled her jokes out of her pussy. Like it was oh pretty, wow! I was like, Listen. they were in. They were in. She had a plastic bag in her like vagina. A, yeah, with like a three by five card of her roast jokes. So she started. I thought, oh, she's playing with herself. This is kind of weird. And then she just pulls out this baggie and throws it on the judge's table, and she opens it up, and there were her roast jokes. Oh wow! And I told her, you got my vote. As long as you make it close, you're gonna win. And she didn't. She. She didn't do that well, but um, oh shit! You know, and then the, another girl was on her period, so there was like you know the blood, the tampon. Oh, was, like, okay. Kind of ha- hanging out. <laughs> but the most disgusting part were the guys in this. None of them groomed. Ew. So it was just like uh, you guys know you're going to be in front of like 300. There's 300 people in this room. It was oh, crazy. Oh my god! I can't. I mean, I've, I, I. I'm literally still at a loss for words at what I saw. Like, you know you're, there's going to be hundreds of people looking at your dick. Like, you should groom. groom so you look bigger. Yeah, even if you have a small dick, if you groom, you know, it's going to look bigger. Uh, like, I, I was in the shower for an hour before this battle with a Mach 5 razor. Just, you know, I mean, I'm lucky enough where I don't have to, like, I mean, if I didn't groom at all, it would still look big. But like I was like I want it to look huge, so I'm like you know, yeah, got the Mach getting 5. rid of that. I want my pussy to look huge, so that's why I shave. Yeah, I mean I've heard you have a huge gaper. <laughs> uh, so, but the the craziest thing was Zach Amico, who's the host. He comes from like a pro wrestling background. Like he know. was a wrestler. Um, he's just a huge fan. Okay. I, he probably has wrestled at some point, and. Uh, so he starts 
stapling money to his body just to get the room going. Oh, my God. And, you know, he stapled a dollar bill to his arm, and it bled a little bit, nothing too bad. Oh, God. And then he stapled his cheekbones. <gasps> oh, God. And then what pro wrestlers do, I'm assuming you don't have too many fans who are pro wrestling fans, but, like, if you've ever seen a pro wrestler bleed, what they do is they have a razor blade in their wristband, and they'll take out the razor blade and just go like that. They'll nick themselves. On their face. On, on the forehead. Because the, Why? The, the forehead has more blood vessels in it than any other part of your body. So they do it to bleed, just so it looks cool when they get hit. Oh, So Zach what? did that. Oh, my God. But he did it too hard. Because <gasps> no! I was even pumped. Like, you're, you're basically, it's, you know, it's like a bigger version of the belly room show. It's like 300 people in this room. And then you've got someone pulling their jokes out of their pussy. And, you know, you've got me and my dick flopping around and Ari Shafir's balls. And, like, the, the crowd's going nuts. And so Zach probably had too much adrenaline and he, he did it too hard. So he's bleeding profusely at this oh point. Oh, my God. I mean, you couldn't see More his... than the tampon girl. Right. Oh, 100 times more. And so Ari Shafir... You know, I was so horrified by Zach's appearance because he had blood gushing out of his face. And I started looking in the corner just so I wouldn't have to look at Zach anymore. And I started smelling urine. I'm like, did, did Bronson piss himself? And Bronson's basically passed out because I think he took an edible and he didn't, like, time it correctly. And then I look over at Ari and Ari's urinating in a cup. And I'm like, it's a lot of urine. It's like one of those plastic Budweiser cups. I'm like, what is he going to do? And oh my he gets God. up. What? And just as Zach is yawning, pours Ari his pee in throws Zach's the piss face? all over Zach's face. <laughs> so it was like and I I'm not even justifying how crazy this was. I mean, I'm this was a year ago, and I'm still like can't really f- oh my god like, explain it properly. like on an open wound yeah oh open wounds because he had the 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 staples did zach in- freak out i don't know if zach had anticipated ari doing that because he looked a little like what the fuck uh, but, you know, the show continued. What the fuck? Okay, if Ari had AIDS, he would have given it to... It's possible. Zach. But I don't think Ari has AIDS. Well, or maybe he has something else. Chicken pox. You know, I can't... You know, I... Holy shit. But it was so, like... Like, the crowd was going nuts. And, like... And, the, and then people had to battle after that. So, oh my God, that know. is insane! And I'm not even really doing it justice. The the, the description I'm giving you, it, it you literally it's it's an old saying, but you had to be there. It was Dude. disgusting. It was disgusting. It was. I've never laughed so hard in my life. I don't laugh at a lot. You know, I was just raised to be like, okay, that's funny. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Yeah, it was just like you're one of those. I'm a, I'm not a good audience member. Yeah. You could tell me your best joke right now, and I could think it's the greatest joke on earth. And I would just like... Did you laugh as a child? Not really. I would just be like, oh, that's funny. That's what happens when you grow up wealthy. Well, I was raised almost like an only child, even though I had two brothers and two sisters. We literally would have dinner made for us, and then we'd all, we'd go in five different rooms. Yeah. I'd go in the TV room. My, my sisters would go in their individual rooms. My two brothers would go outside. You know, so I was almost raised in a very strange 
Like you got too much privacy. Yeah, so I would because just we had like two bedrooms for all five kids. Right. So we would play messenger, and while we were supposed to be sleeping, I'd be like, "Go tell Johnny he's a stupid idiot." Right. And then they would go do that, and then we would just go back and forth like all night. Yeah, I was raised the complete opposite. Yeah. We all had basically our own room. So I was, even though I had two brothers, two sisters, a thousand dogs in the house, I would have like my favorite dog in my room and just I would watch TV with the dog. Oh, wow. And just go, okay, Archie Bunker, that's So you're fine like spending a lot of alone time. Oh, I don't mind it at all. Yeah. Like like I live alone now, it's great. Yeah. You know, I write, you know, uh, I watch TV. I mean, I I split a dog with my ex, you know, so. You do? It's like a kid. Oh, my God. So. Well, that's kind of good because if you're out of town, then she watches it. Yeah, it works out and she works, she's a bartender, comic, so she has weird hours, so if she ever... Yeah. You know, we get along, so, uh, you know. I think dog people are so needy, though. Well, I mean, this dog's amazing, so Uh uh, it's very, it's happy at my house, it's happy at her house. Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's a tough dog. It's a little dog, but this dog don't take no shit. How little is it? She's like 12 pounds. Oh, my God. You have one of those little dogs? But it's the best dog. Like, it can I was imagining you have, like, a big dog. I would love, you know, if I ever make enough doing comedy or whatever and have a big house, I want big dogs. But, you know, right now, I I have a, you know, condo in West Hollywood. It's not really meant for big dog. Yeah. So, but Lois, she's great. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming by. Oh, Esther, thank you. Earl. We didn't even get to half the things. I know. I wrote down all this other stuff, too. What like, else did you write down? I wrote down... Speed. I'm Dying Up Here, Real Rob. I'm Dying Twitter. Up Here. Great show. Yeah. Twitter's awesome. You're like the queen of Twitter. <laughs> you think so? Oh, yeah. you're. All, but don't you have like 100,000 followers? I know. I have a lot. How did you get that many? I did Girl Code, and they put my name on the screen. Oh, okay. So before I did Girl Code, I had 2,000 followers. And then once, like, your name's on the freaking screen of the TV show that's airing every week, you know, I got tons of followers. I mean, I still haven't... I mean, I got probably... I mean, I I think I have 10,000 followers now on Twitter. I probably got 3,000 from Roast Battle. Cool. Uh, But I still haven't... Like, you know, my podcast is really well... But I still haven't cracked the code of like of Twitter, of Instagram. I only have like six thousand followers. Yeah, I think your Twitter, you do a lot of like inside jokes. Well, it's my born. It's like attention, LA comic tweets. Yeah, well, I just born out of the. It's almost like how I started in roast battle. Like yeah, you know that character from roast battle was from the frustration of Tommy. Oops, I just said his name uh, <laughs> from, from an unnamed person. We uh, can believe that out. Leader. No, it's all good. I hate it when people ask me to. You know, I've had five people say the N word on my podcast, and they're like, "We're gonna bleep that out." Right? I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> you said it. <laughs> you deal with it. Uh, but my yeah. attention LA comic tweets are almost the same. It's just so many things frustrate me. About the scene. Yeah, like I wrote one last night. I was in the best mood. I'm on Twitter just looking around. And I saw a lineup for a comedy show. It was 12 comics. And literally not one comic's picture was on a stage. It was like it was all... Headshots. Yeah. Uh-huh. So clearly they're all actresses. Oops, I just said that. Uh-oh. <laughs> 
Oops. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Actors, actresses. So it's like this show is going to be brutal. Like you know, you know. And I think my tweet was like, you know, a show is bad when there's not one comic on stage on the flyer. Well, but I mean, I guess I have photos of me holding a microphone, but I never when promoters ask me for a photos, I always give them a headshot. But I mean, like you would think, like I, I knew most of the people on the flyer. I wouldn't say they were serious comics. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you know, I just, I know you're a comic. Right. Like you know, you, you. No, when these actors try to do comedy, it is the most annoying thing in the world. And then they walk in with their like TV credits of their TV acting right. shows, and they think that like that gives that buys them clout in a comedy club. But it does. But Look it, at Jeremy Piven. Not to not to me. Yeah, well, because we're comics. Like I, you know. Think, you know, I I like treating them like the nobody they are. Yeah. Oh, just I know. So that just so that their ego don't get too big in the comedy club. I mean, you know, I I don't really know Jeremy Piven. I I don't know him at all. But it's like he's headlining comedy clubs. This guy's been doing comedy for six fucking months. I saw him at the Dime Bar. He went up after me, and when he got off stage, I go. Hey, I teach a kid's comedy class if you ever want to stop by. And what did he say? And he was like looking down at his phone and, and then he realized what I said and looked up and was like, what? <laughs> and he was like so offended. Like the kind of look like, don't you know I'm on Entourage? And it's like, I don't care though. Like you're in my world. Yo, I, that's how I am. Right? You know, but like I don't see him in open mics trying new jokes out or whatever and you know, I, I got bumped once at the comedy store for I watched the show, so it was kind of fun for me to watch her eat it for ten minutes. But uh, there's that show I think it's on Bravo called Below the Deck, and it's a reality show about life on a uh, a yacht and the the staff. Uh, and this girl Rocky, uh, you know, she was like the outrageous one on the show, and so she got on stage at the comedy store. And she's like, uh, what do you guys want to talk about? I was like, oh, well, you just bumped me and you don't even know what you're oh doing. Oh, my God. And then like 30 seconds later, she's like, I don't even want to be up here. I was like, well, why are oh you up? Oh, my God. Why are you up there then? Like, yeah. Like, I'm a nobody. Like, I get I'm not famous. So, like, I, you know, I get it. But it's like. But least... you know what you're doing up there. Like, you're not going to. But I get like, you know, okay, she's famous. At the time, the show was pretty popular. But, like, don't hog up. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just don't. But that's not the... That's So that's why I do, like, attention to LA comic tweets. Yeah. I think I even went home that night. It's like, hey, I just got bumped for Rocky from Below the Deck. <laughs> stupid. I mean, it's... Insu- the stupid shit that we have to deal with. Oh, I get it. You know, it's like, how many... Because everyone... I, I, comedy is, like, the last stop before absolute failure. Like, you know, if you're an actor who... You know, it's not getting good work anymore. It's like, oh, I'll just do stand-up. You're getting accused of sexual harassment. Right. I'll see Morgan oh. Freeman at an open mic. <laughs> that just broke today. Yeah, I saw that. That's, I mean, you know, and then Harvey Weinstein's getting arrested for, you know, whatever he did. And it's like, you know, I'm lucky in that regard. I've never been creepy with women. I've shown them my dick pic, but they've always asked for it. Yeah. Like, I've never, like, I would never show you my dick pic. Unless you said, oh, I want to see your dick. Unless I was begging for it. Well, I mean, you, you know. You know what's funny about the Naked Show? I think the guy who started the Naked Shows, I think he invited me to a naked party in Boston. 
Well, I think, you know, at least with Roast Battle, I mean, it wasn't, a, I guess Roast Battle had sanctioned the show. It was called Naked Roast Battle, but I think it was Louis J. Gomez. Started the Naked one? And Jay Okerson. It was their show. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's how that came about. And I think they're doing it again in July. No, like years ago, I remember being invited to a naked party. Okay. By this comedian, Andy O'Fish in Boston, who had the smallest penis out of everybody. So he would do the Walsh Brothers show. Right. And he would go on stage naked. It wasn't a naked show, but he would go on stage naked. And he had this joke. He had this joke about, yeah, I have a big penis. It's just most of it's inside me. And then, like, he had, like, a tiny little stub. Like, this is the smallest penis I've ever seen. Well, I saw one of those at uh, the Naked Rose Battle. Yeah, it's like, really tragic. I mean, you know, I I got very lucky in certain areas of my life. Like, I have most of my hair. I have, you know, relatively big dick. You know, I mean, there's bigger. But, you know, <laughs> there's also smaller. Yeah. Uh, but it's also what you, you know, do with it. I mean, I... I mean, you're straight, right? Yeah. Like, you've seen the gamut of dicks, small, big. I've seen small ones and big ones. Medium-sized ones mm-hmm. and, like... Curved ones. Straight ones. Right. Like, the best guy you've ever had sex with. Is there one in particular? Yeah. Did he have the biggest dick? No. So, like, it's what you do with what you have. Right. Like, you know... uh, you know, if you have a huge dick and you're just like, okay, get on it, girl. It's not going to be very pleasing for you. But no. if you have a guy with a medium-sized dick. Actually, there's probably girls you've met who have turned you down because your dick was too big. Um, I mean, it ain't that big. But, I mean, there's definitely, um, I would say that most girls I've been with, unless they've slept with an NBA player, uh, have said it's one of the bigger ones. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I also... And this is a pro tip for you male comics out there. Attention. <laughs> Attention, LA, LA male comics. male comics. My mom. <laughs> I didn't have a birds and bees uh, Talk. conversation with my mom. And my, definitely not my dad. My mom told me one thing about sex. Always make the girl happy first and they'll come back. And I knew what she meant by happy. Like, you know, my mom was a strange woman. Yeah. Uh, she was basically saying, make them come first and they'll always come back. Yeah. And it's true. I won't say every girl I've slept with comes back. That's not true. But I let's just say this. If they're horny, I'm on the top of the booty call list. Yeah. So, because I always try and... Uh, good job. Good job, Earl. Good, good, well, I mean, have I come early? Uh, sure, it happens to everyone. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, usually... No, that's the worst when the guy thinks sex is over after he comes. It's like, you know what? Fuck you. Yeah, I will, you know, listen, have I come early once or twice in my life? Absolutely. Yeah. But I will always say to the girl, do you want me to go down on you? Do you want, what do you want me to do? Get you, like, I will go down on you for the next three hours. If that's what it takes for you to get off to, just put on some headphones and let me do my thing. Is that where the show I'm Dying Up Here well, I just got a new spinoff show. You did? Yeah, from Showtime. It's, no way. Yeah, it's about erectile dysfunction called I'm Dying Down There. <laughs> uh, but that show's awesome to work on. Yeah. Like, you, everyone. You wear like a scuba gear outfit. I'll wear whatever they tell me to. Yeah. But it's the cast is amazing. I mean, I know we got to wrap up, but like 
you know, there's some people that I have to interact with on roast battle that I don't necessarily like. Mm -hmm. Secrets, uh, vague secrets being released. Well, they know who they are. Yeah, it's not many, but there's a few <laughs> people I don't enjoy seeing when I do roast battle, or you know, I have to be up there on a Tuesday night. But with I'm dying up here, it's pretty neat to be on a show of that level of production where there's literally 200 people on set at all times. Mm -hmm. It's it's overwhelming. There's not one dick on that show. On I'm dying. There's not one dick on. On I'm dying up here. Like there's from Melissa Leo, who's won an Oscar, mm -hmm. to me, who's probably the lowest ranked cast member, to the boom operator, to the camera guys, to the hair and makeup people. Everyone's nice. People were crying on the last day of shooting. Yeah. Because we all love each other so much. Like, wow. I'm treated like a, a main cast member, and I'm not. But like, you know. The, the, How do they treat you like a main cast member? They're just nice to me. Like, yeah. You know, like I've been on uh, shows that you're not a main cast member and you're treated like an extra. Like, all right. right go over there. They're not going to talk to you. Right. Like, I would say every time lunch came, all the main cast would be like, girl, come eat with us. You know, like where. Yeah. Oh, okay. You know, the writers would be like, hey, uh, Earl, what would happen here? You know, I wasn't a writer on the show, but like. They knew I did comedy for a very long time. They're like, what would a comic say here? Like, And so they just treated you like you were involved in the show. Like mm -hmm. Some shows don't. Like Some right. shows, it's like, all right, you're here for the day. Just shut up and go eat with the extras. Right, right, right. So, uh, But I think if you watch the show, it, you can tell the cast likes each other. Yeah. You know, it's like Sons of Anarchy. You can watch that show and you could tell they loved... Like, you could feel the love, you know. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you've been on shows where you didn't necessarily like people. Like that show we did at Harvell's. <laughs> Who was there? I don't remember. Uh, the great jelly bean John Benitez. I love John Benitez. John Benitez is the best. He treats Harvell's like it's the Tonight Show. <laughs> He's like, Earl, what, what song do you want the girls to come out to? I'm like, dude, I just want to. Oh, my God. I love... I love um, I love that club. It's great. I never do well there, but I still enjoy John's energy. I enjoy watching. I do too. I enjoy watching the burlesque dancers dance. Yeah, the Lolita's burlesque. It's hot. Oh, they're great. Uh, I've never. You know, it's weird. Some rooms you just don't. Uh, you know, like at the improv, I've never truly killed. Mm -hmm. I've done well, but, you know, like the comedy store, I could say a few times I've killed. Uh, you know, the Laugh Factory, I don't play it enough to sit, you know. Uh, but Harvell's is just, I don't know, it's a weird, like, I like to look at people. Yeah. So I could go, hey, you, we're going to connect right now. But there, you don't really see, you see more shadows. Right. So I don't know if people are laughing or if they're, like, into me or they're just well, there. Well, it's just hard because you have the burlesque dancers go up and show their goods on stage and everybody gets so excited and horny and then you're doing your jokes yeah i mean you've it's got, hard it's a hard act to follow and they're all hot like every yeah girl, i mean you've got ginger and her like you know 58 double g boobs it's so then, distracting to follow that it's like uh blah 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 <laughs> How about yeah. uh, how about OJ? Is he crazy or what? <laughs> and then the other two girls are really hot, you know. And then you got John Benitez. They're all so hot. Yeah, and then you got John's running around like uh, you know you, you're on Johnny Carson. 
It's like, dude, let me just, I don't want an intro. I don't want yeah. smoke. Uh, you know, this is not a Kiss concert, John. I just want to go out there and bomb for 10 minutes. Let me just do my I thing. I drove out here to bomb. Yeah. So chill, bro. So, uh, but that's, I wish all people cared about their show as much as he did. He does care a lot. Like the he flyers. Used, he used to have an agency called the Asiancy. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> but I don't think he's even Asian. I think he's Latino. Yeah, well, he's so strange, dude. Yeah. He's like chinky Latino. Yeah, but he's cool. Or what go- else? Let's gooky, do speed. Or gooky Latino. That's yeah, wh- it. That's you- all I got oh, for shit, you. Oh, shit, that's it? All right. Well, well, Real Rob I was going to talk about, but... Real we- Rob on Netflix. I was in season one, not season two. Oh, you were? I auditioned for Real Rob. Oh, for what? His wife? For um, Jamie's girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think in the first season, Jamie's girlfriend was a blonde Australian. Yeah. And we had a great scene. But it's a it's a really funny show. Yeah, I mean, I respect Rob a lot like, for that. I like watching shows that I auditioned for to see what direction they went. But also, like, Rob Schneider's hilarious. Yeah, he doesn't get the credit, you know. He oh, got, my God, he's so funny. He got famous so fast. You Is know, that what happened? Well, I think a lot of people don't realize he started as a stand-up. Yeah, yeah. In in San Francisco. No, I've seen him kill at the Friars Club oh, yeah. roast. I, oh, he's the killer. I saw right? him at Quentin Tarantino's Friars Club roast. And, and his, he, he killed harder than anybody. Well, his work ethic is unbelievable. Like, I would open for him for like four years. And like, you know, after show, you know, someone of his fame level, you know, people want to take you to the nightclub down the street or, mm-hmm. you know, out to a really nice restaurant or whatever. And Rob would go into his uh, hotel. hotel room with... You know, probably 50 or 60 three-by-five cards writing new jokes. And, like, you know, we'd talk for a little bit. But he would, like, he never stopped writing. And his, he inspired me to work harder. Wow. Like, if, if you That's see. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, like, if you see Rob Schneider working hard and he's already made it, you know, it's like. Right. Oh, maybe I should. It, like, it's like, puts you to shame. Like, yeah, damn, like, I should be working twice as hard yeah. as him. He's already made it. Yeah. And he's made it, in most cases, uh, you know, like he he's made it in movies, TV, and stand up, and in most of those areas twice. Like you know, he, he was totally. He's done so many yeah. movies. So like, yeah, most people don't make it once, right? In any of those areas, uh, you know, he made it as a stand up, got famous, got SNL, and then came back and made it as a stand up again. Wow, that's so, so true. It's uh, and you know, he got you know, he made that show. On Netflix, all on his own. He financed it, produced it, directed it. I know. I auditioned in Florida for that. Yeah. Because yeah, they, did, they a lot. did it at Full Sail University. Because, like, uh, the scenes we did were we, I played like the owner of a dispensary store. Mm-hmm. And we, it was on Melrose in Fairfax or somewhere. And it was like, hey, we got to be done by noon. And I'm like, why? He's like, well, the dispensary opens at noon. Like, he, like, there's a lot of pressure on him. Like, it was like guerrilla shooting. Wow. um, And so I was very impressed that, you know, he said, fuck it, I'm going to do my own show my way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, You know, because his show on CBS was great. But, you know, I'm not exactly sure what happened. But, uh, you know, I think he was just like, fuck it, I'll do my own thing then. Yeah, cool. So you can always do your own thing. It's better to do your own thing. I mean, that's why I like my podcast. Like, yeah. I, I like you. This podcast is great. You get people you like to come to your home. I get people I like to come to my home. I don't have to talk to anyone I don't want to, and that you know that's why we both have successful podcasts. Like, it's never been easier to make it on your own. No. It's harder, but yeah, it's easier now for us. Yeah, because you this podcast can reach millions. You know, and 
<laughs> so now you got to come on mine. Definitely. And I'll do it. Tweet it out. Yes. To your 100,000 followers. I know. You know, freaking Kevin Brennan accused me of having fake followers. Like, oh, he's like, you bought your followers. And I'm like, I actually didn't. I wouldn't want to because there are websites where you can see how, what percentage of people's followers are fake. And they'll just, they'll just spell it out. Like 75% of their followers are fake. And you can see like when you bought followers. So I've never bought Twitter followers because... It would just almost be so obvious. Well, I did that on MySpace, to be honest with you. I was like, you know, I didn't really know any better. And I thought, fuck it, I'll just, you know, I think at one point I had like 50,000 followers on MySpace, which was a lot back then. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and then it was like, well, they're all pretty much, I think, fake, either porn bots or just bots. And mm -hmm. it's like, no one's coming to my shows. What's the point? Yeah. Like, you know, but I've been accused of that recently. You know, I have this super fan who will send me screenshots of how well my podcast is doing. And one morning I was number two on iTunes Comedy. Wow. Uh, and I got like 10 emails. Who are you bribing? Who, who are you paying? Are you hacking into iTunes? Are you doing this? It's like, first of all, I'm not bribing anyone. It's hard work. Yeah. You know, it's putting out an episode every week, uh, you know, 218 episodes. Uh, you know, and if it was that easy to get to number two on iTunes or number five or number 10, don't you think more people would be doing it? Like, I'm not the only... I know, only... people think there's some freaking person behind Apple that you're bribing. Yeah, it's like... I it's mean, like, I... how, about, how about you just give me the credit? Like, I'm actually good and I got here on my own merit. Yeah, I mean, like, I get try and get marginal celebrities on my podcast, you know, from, like, 80s metal bands, and they have followings, and, you know, I try and get, like... Oh, my God. I wonder, like, you, you contact these bands and ask them to come on your podcast? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, I figure the worst they can do is say no, and I didn't have right. them anyway, so... Oh, my God. I wonder if I could interview... I love 80s bands, not metal, but... Yeah, but you can, like... Like, I remember once I was at home, like, 3 in the morning watching Superman 2... And, you know, in that movie, there was three bad guys. There was the main bad guy who was, like, the leader. There was the really hot girl, uh, you know, who was, like, the cunty sidekick. And then there was this huge, like, six-foot-eight guy who... He didn't talk the whole movie. He was just a big monster. And I thought, this guy would be a great podcast guest. You know, it'd be funny to get the guy who didn't have a line the whole movie. So mm -hmm. I just tweeted at the guy. I didn't even know if he was on Twitter. And his name's Jack O'Halloran. And he did it. He did it. He's like, yeah. Did you talk it. about that one moment in the movie where he didn't talk? He didn't talk in the whole movie. Like, he was in the whole movie. But what if was... you were like, he didn't talk my whole podcast? I thought of doing that. I thought, <laughs> how funny if he just sat on my couch for an hour. But he had a great story. Like, before he was an actor, he was a world-class heavyweight boxer. Mm -hmm. So he had fought, like, George Foreman. And so he had a crazy, interesting story. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll tweet out to, and a lot of people say no. I tweet out, you know, one of my favorite bad movies of all time is this movie called uh, Side Out. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, it's a movie about beach volleyball. And it kind of has this Star Wars, like there's this older volleyball player. And he's like the Yoda of beach volleyball. He knows everything, but he's too old to play it now. And he takes on this young kid and he gets him to be the world champion volleyball guy. Uh, I reach out to the guy who played the older character and he's, he, he's like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to talk about that movie. 
because it's a pretty bad movie. But, you know, so, you know, I reached out to him. He said no, right. and I move on, you know. I, I want weird guests on my show. Like, I'm not probably going to be able to get Tom Cruise on my podcast. So I'll reach out to interesting. I have him next week. That's what? why. He's busy doing mine. But it's a cold business. You know? You I'll, know. I'll try to hook you up, but no guarantees. Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll hook you up with the bass player from Pat Benatar. <laughs> oh my God, I love Pat Benatar. I want Pat Benatar. But well, so did I. But you know, my favorite song of hers is "Shadows of the Night." Great song. So I, I was watching one day. I'm like, you know, I really like the way the bass player is in this video. <laughs> Are you sure you don't get high? No. Okay, so sure. I tweeted at the guy. Sure, buddy. The great Roger Caps. The original bass player in Pat. Why are bass players always named Roger or Robert? It's because it's just the way it is. They're just it's just like he's just a bass player. We don't have time to have like a fancy name. Uh, we just Andrew we or... just need him to be easy to remember. And he came on my podcast. Because bass players are like a dime a dozen. It's not bass players aren't that talented. That's probably the easiest instrument you could play in a band. I don't know if I buy into that, but Yeah, because guitar is way harder. There's but six a... strings on a guitar. Four on a bass. Bass is like the retarded guy. You can get anybody. I can probably learn bass. I play ukulele. Well, there you go. But he came on my podcast. Okay. The bass player from Pat Benatar. And he brought his guitar with him. Oh, that's awesome. And I'm like, hey. After I'm like trashing bass players. No, but he, he most bass players, if they're good, can play guitar too. Like yeah, they yeah, learn yeah. this. Basically, yeah. it's the same setup. They're just not as good on guitar. And he, I said, listen. I didn't know he was going to bring his guitar with him. I like so toward the end of the podcast, like listen, I know you're probably not going to want to do this, but can you play Shadows of the Night on guitar and I'll sing it? And so he started. So I sang Shadows of the Night. Was that's like, awesome. So that's why that's half the reason I do the podcast is so I can do cool shit like that. That's so cool. So awesome. Well, Earl, people can follow you on Twitter at Earl Skakel. Yeah, it's E A R L. S K A K E L. That's is, Instagram too. Which is also a great chair at IKEA. <laughs> and uh, after you're done listening to Esther's podcast, go listen to Earl Skakel's podcast called Inappropriate Earl. And leave a review. Definitely. And leave a review for me too, motherfuckers. Like, I know you guys listen, so only a small percentage of you have left reviews, and that helps. Oh, it's. I've studied the art of podcasting, and a lot of people are like, How did you start getting so much higher on the rankings or whatever? And it's not necessarily downloads, it's they look at the, the ratio of people writing reviews right. and subscribing as well. Yeah, so uh, you know, Esther's great, she puts out free content for you guys. It literally takes under a minute to write a review. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be long. Yeah, this is a great podcast. I could Love even the I can even write the review for you. Yeah, I mean, it's Esther not... Koo is hilarious. I love it when she has funny guests like Earl Skakel on. That I cannot stop listening. Definitely subscribe. There you go. But yeah, that literally took you twenty seconds. Yeah. Bam. It's like it's true. I am putting out this free content, and you're just listening to it like a lazy fuck that you are. Like you get thousands of listens a week. Yeah. You know, if just a hundred people left a review today after this podcast, you would get into the top twenty on iTunes. It would help me immensely. Yeah, I mean, you guys get free content, right? It, you know, it's I hard. like your guilt trip in them. But it's you, true, though. You are good at playing mind games. But you listen. <laughs>
guests are lazy. I know firsthand it's hard to get people to come to your house. Yeah. But you relied on me. I got here. We did an hour and a half or whatever. You know, you guys are getting good entertainment out of right. your lives. We're we're producing this for you. And so you, the least you can do is leave a review. Yeah, you want better guests other than Earl Skakel. <laughs> you want Chris D'Elia or whoever, like bigger names. Bigger names aren't going to do a podcast nobody's listening to. Right. So, you know, leave a review for Esther and Earl. Thank you so much. All right, kids. Bye. I'll see you next week. Bye. This episode was brought to you by Speedweed. Speedweed is America's most trusted name in medical marijuana delivery. And do they have the best medical marijuana that you can consume on the whole planet? Let me tell you, they got all the strong medical stuff that you need to medicate and to recreate and recreate and regular create. Speedweed began as a three-person family business in 2011. And now has over 30,000 members enjoying the convenience and discretion of cannabis. Home. The Wibbley. From so webbities to suck mom Speedweed offers same-day and overnight delivery of medical marijuana throughout California. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. For more information, why don't you visit www.speedweed.com. Thank you guys for tuning in to me and Earl Skakel's podcast. And make sure you listen to him when he says, Will you, won't you, oh, won't you please leave a review? Oh, won't you please leave a review for me? Um, I got shows coming up. I'm going to be in Chatsworth, California at the Dope Fade Show June 2nd. I'll be in Miami June 6th at Clive's Cafe. August 1st and 2nd, I'll be at Off the Hook Comedy Club in Naples, Florida. And June, June, what am I talking about? November 9th, I'm at the Comedy Palace in San Diego, 730 and 930. Well, you guys, make sure you subscribe to my email list so I can let you know the second, the next podcast drops. So you can just click on the link straight from your email okay go to coointhegang.com to subscribe holy shit today was the day that donald trump was all like low yo i'm not gonna go to singapore because kim jong-un called my vice president names all he said was that he's a political dummy was a political dummy he said something like he's kind of a dummy and it's like you're just gonna let name calling prevent you from bringing peace to the world sounds like trump is scared of the dictator that's what it looks like to me put your freaking ego aside and just chill bro there are people starving in north carolina korea i told you this speed weed is good 
There are people starving in North Korea and are imprisoned into labor camps. And you know what else is bothering me? Those three Korean Americans that were released from North Korea, they all want their privacy. And they're all like, please respect our privacy. It's like, okay, you know what, you Koreans, you're like some of the only people who have escaped being imprisoned in North Korea. And it would give us a lot of insight if you could kind of do an interview. All right, you can chill and get some therapy and, you know, eat some food and relax now that you're not imprisoned. But that's the one thing I can't stand about Koreans is like, they are so quiet and they want their privacy. And it's like, you would be helping the people who are in North Korea if you could just come out and tell us what it was like in there. So you can tell us the horrifying details of the ordeal you went through so that we can have a heart and reach out to these people. But so many Koreans, man, they don't want to share information or they think if I go on TV, it's like I'm looking for glory when all glory should go to God and that bullshit. I just, maybe I should have them on my podcast because then they won't be seen, they will be heard. All right, thanks so much for tuning in and leave a review. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.